This week on Movie Time Machine, King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table embark on a surreal, low-budget search for the Holy Grail, encountering many very silly obstacles. This is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we take movies from the past and we live them in the present. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, bringing you this week's episode on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Released in the year 1975, directed by Terry Gillum and Terry Jones. But before we dive into our movie of the week, let's go around the table and let's do some introductions. First, he's always living one beer... (laughs) He's always living one year behind and one beer behind. (laughs) One year and one beer behind. (laughs) He's always living one year behind. It's Casey. Hey, hey, iPhone 6. (laughs) (laughs) And he's finally joining the PC Master Race. It's Jamie. All races are welcome on the PC Master Race. One of us. One of us. And our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge, James. Crickets. Insert cricket sound effect. <laughs> What's going on? What? <laughs> that was goes. my best, James. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. That was good. Good. But before we get into our movie discussion, let's go around and share what we've been up to since the last episode. No, I, I can start. Um, so, uh, well, we've been keeping up with the Great British Baking Show. That's uh, apparently the finale just aired. We're on that episode, so don't spoil it. I don't know who wins yet. Um, but I, uh, I actually was motivated over the holiday weekend. I had a raspberry pie sitting around and I set up a retro pie. If you're familiar with that, it's basically like a little emulator machine that you can plug right into your TV. Um, but it also lets you run this software called steam link. So I can now, uh, play the, the games that are installed on my computer down in the office, uh, directly on my my TV upstairs, so you can actually stream it to a, to a different TV uh, via that device. Oh, nice. Casey, that was only a little confusing because the show you were watching was Bake Off. I don't know if you did that on purpose. I thought uh, you were talking about a physical Raspberry Pi. That <laughs> both, <laughs> yes. So I first made the dough. <laughs> um, you know, Dude, I was, with, I was, with you didn't jam. lose me there, Casey. I was following you through all the way. Yeah, sorry. Raspberry Pi is a small, uh, a little microcomputer. Um, they're just, they're like literally $40 little chip computers that have an HDMI port and Wi-Fi. Um, and you can run, you know, crazy things on them. I've got two of them in my house actually running various things. I've got the one that I was, I just mentioned, the RetroPie. I also have one um, that's kind of plugged in my utility room that runs like my home automation software so I can like my Christmas lights I have on uh, running on this software that I can, you know, turn them on and off from my phone, set schedules. I've got a few um, light switches installed around my house, but it also hosts other things like my network wide ad blocker and junk like that. So yeah, Raspberry Pi is super cool. Anyways, back to the real thing that I'm up to is video games uh, through that thing. I've been playing Star Wars, um, the the Jedi Lost, the Fallen Order game. Um, that's been super cool. Damn it. I was on mute. Just like you said. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to jump in, Chad, on Fallen Order. I was going to let you dance for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, Casey, I, too, have been playing Jedi Fallen Order. I've been playing on the PS4. I just picked that up with the most recent Black Friday sale. I think it was like $20 on sale. So 
yes, that game is excellent, even though it is about a year old. Having a lot of fun with that. Um, then also in that Black Friday sale, I picked up the Cuphead game on PS4 as well. Um, I had been playing that on Xbox, but I was sharing that game with my nephew, so I wanted my own copy of it. And I got on the PS4, which I enjoy that controller more than the Xbox. And yeah, got through that. It's uh, a lot of fun, very challenging, but um, has some of the coolest art style, kind of like this old, um, early, like kind of like 30s, 40s kind of uh, cartoon art style. It's really wild. I would check it out. At least, at least watch the YouTube videos of it. It's a lot of fun. It's nice living uh, in the past, right? Things are cheaper when you when you stick to games that have been out for a long time that you're just finally getting around to. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, I feel like I this is like the most video game time I've gotten around to actually doing in, in quite some time, probably in over a year. So if maybe even longer. So, yeah, it's been nice. That's uh, crazy. Guys- I, I feel kind of the same way. And it's funny that uh, that both of our video game times are kind of coinciding at the same time. That's hilarious. Yeah, with the same game. Yeah, that that's awesome. really funny. <laughs> Do you guys remember the last game you paid full price for? Just out of curiosity, like at launch, yes. like gotta have that. I do. Yeah, I do. It was uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh, yep, nice. I bought that one full price at launch. Full um, that price, was. And I played it I for like two it, yeah. hours. <laughs> Did you not like it? No, I just. That's a game oh, I feel like so I good. need a lot of time to like, yep. I can't, those are games that I can't, you can't really sit down for an hour. No, you need like time. two, like, like a two good two hour three, stretch yeah. to really advance yourself. I think. Yeah. Chad, what's the last game you bought full price? Me? You mean Jamie? What? Yeah, oh yeah. Chad Chad was, sorry. Yeah. Jamie. I think, I think it was battlefront two. I think for, xbox one yeah i just i go nuts for those games i think those are the ones i play the most um uh co or no not co-op god what's it called when you play a lot of people online i'm getting like a mmo team. like a massively multiplayer um yes mmo thank you death match or matchmaking yeah <laughs> yeah matchmaking no sounds like <laughs> like a bat death well match? that's not like a battle royal is it like a Fortnite like battle royal i haven't Played kind really. of battlefront yeah. it leans more call of duty but yeah similar because that's it. you're you're playing against real people and you're playing against um computers flying around and f- coming at you too right like non-player characters uh no i don't think there, there's any NPCs it's only in... legit real people in that game yep oh nuts so is that considered pvp or pve pvp dog pvp okay player versus player because what's PVE? That's like what we're playing, Fallen Order. You're just playing, it's a solo, single-player game. Okay. Which I kind of, I gravitate to those because then I don't have to like wait to get connected to a game. I, I used to play a lot of the Call of Duties, but it felt like if I wanted to play, I had to, you know, boot up the Xbox, load the game, get into the matchmaking lobby, find a match. So it took so long just to like get in to do something. That's fair. Yeah, I, w- I would always have my phone handy or have something else going. Yeah, that and, helps. Yeah, it was the Star Wars factor of it that kept me there, honestly. More than like the Call of Duty battling factor or whatever. But I've been 
let's see what have i been doing lately um so chad's been bugging me to watch the mandalorian season two (laughs) which leads me to say that uh, survivor dropped two seasons on netflix so i've been watching that instead um I just God, went I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> Chad's so mad. That's <laughs> like the worst thing you could do to someone. <laughs> I didn't Ultimate do it to spite betrayal. You, Chad. <laughs> Twist like, of the uh, knife. That's like uh, going to visit a friend and spending that first half hour you're at their house, like taking a giant dump. <laughs> An upper decker, even. <laughs> Not even and in the then, bowl. And, and then when you're done saying, oh, actually, I got to go. See you later. <laughs> deuces what i'm hearing is i'm the only one who watched the heroes versus villains season that's what i'm hearing hold on but here's hold on i want to we're gonna dunk a little bit more on you for this you've already seen (laughs) these seasons have you not no these ones i actually haven't these were oh okay i was about to say if you're choosing to rewatch something that just hit netflix okay i i take that back yeah they're older seasons but new to me still disappointed not as much Okay. Mm. I can tell you who won. You uh, want me, me too. To right now, I'll Google it. Yeah, they're all on Wikipedia. Then I'll, I'll save you some time. It's See, that's the thing, though, is it's still fun to see how they got there. For me, anyway. The journey, not the, the journey. result. Yes. Speaking of the journey, so, Jamie, is, is being on Survivor a goal of yours at any point, or you just enjoy this series? Can I pay you to try to do it? <laughs> Can, Can we, we start a GoFundMe? Produce yeah, I thought we video. had this conversation before where Jamie did say he wanted to be on Survivor. I do want well, to Jamie, be on Survivor. Can you not be on Survivor anymore? Because now you're, you wouldn't be considered an influencer. Like You could have been in, on Survivor 15 years ago with your videotape. Right. Send in. Right. I, I, think that's, I think that's how it works now. <laughs> they pre-screen you. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I would still sign the petition, the 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 move.org, change.org petition, get Jamie on Survivor. I'll sign that. Oh yeah. All oh, day. Thanks I, guys. I still won't watch it though, but I'll I'll get you I'll get you on that. <laughs> oh dude, I would watch it. No, I would watch the clips of you on YouTube later. That's yeah, all. Yeah. There we go. I mean, a five minute make, supercut. We could also just do like a like a full make a wish thing for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you think people might get on board with that? I just uh, want you I don't know talk. if I can get I don't know if I can get on board with that. We it's now but, on we're recording this now. Yeah. But I think the producers <laughs> but I think the producers would be all about that. They'd be like, this would be great. At the fifth episode, we bring Jamie in and be like, hey, we, we found out some news. Uh and like, would you like would you like to apologize to America, Jamie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> drama factor. Ultimate villain narrative. I you might be onto something, James. I uh, I think so. Wow. I didn't consider that. Bravo. Nice. James, are James. you also watching Survivor? I'm not also watching Survivor. <laughs> I actually just started, um, like, I keep running into this, like, I want to find a short comedy to go to bed do kind of thing. And I've been watching Great News I saw fell on Netflix. That was that Tina Fey produced one. Um, it didn't, I think it only lasted two seasons. It doesn't seem like it lasted too long, but it has all of the familiar feels of 30 rock. Like even the music I think is done by Tina Fey's husband. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's got the same humor. So if you like 30 rock, you could probably get on board with this after the first couple episodes and get to know the characters. Um, otherwise, when you guys were talking video games, my wife and I threw in Donkey Kong country on the super Nintendo and went, played that for a little bit. Oh, last couple nights. Um, Desert Island yeah. video game for me. 
The which one? That that's my Desert Island video game, Donkey Kong Country. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah, good. It is. Wow. It is a good one. Like I, it was just funny. Like her and I playing the. Uh, it's that board where you're on the railroad tracks and you're in like the railroad cart and you're trying to hop over everything. Uh, like in, we were just you could just see us both trying to get past us and white knuckling the controller and like uh, and like getting like super like into the game. So no, I don't know. It's. It's fun. My wife and I will always, uh, every so often, throw in either that or like a Mario three or just something that's fun for the two of us to play that isn't super intense, like like super uh, intricate. Like we can pause, save, start it back whenever we need to. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. So, would you say Mario three is the best Mario? Mar, I would. I want to say yes, but I do enjoy Mario World quite a bit. Um, Mario two, I was like, it was only fun because you're like. Oh, princess, like Peach can fly for like half a minute. But when you go back, like that's never a game. Mario 2 is not a game you go back to to play. I think whatever Super Nintendo Mario is, I think is the best. Just so Mario the Mario World. Mario World, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I might be showing my age here, but I think it's 64. That might just be. No, No, I mean, I love 64. Don't get me wrong. But it's just Mario World. I could right now. I'd well, I could go play sixty four too. That's fun too. Hmm. I just assume like so I'll they're gonna throw out like a sixty four. Um, like they brought out those classics, like classic Nintendo classics, uh, Super Nintendo. The sixty four is probably gonna come out as soon as the Switch dies down a bit. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Well, you can already get that game on the Switch, can't you? In like the the there's a classics pack or yeah, whatever you can re- get from yeah, the they store. Just released it. So I think you can get Mario 64, Sunshine, and which I think Sunshine is my favorite 3D Mario. Sunshine, I didn't play through. So you're saying I need to get through that one. Yes. Okay, I should do that. So speaking of video game time machine. Hey, man, this this is good. This is cathartic. This is good chats. It is. It's a conversational podcast. Yeah, I like I like video games, too. Yeah, he turned 30 this year, too. Right, Mario? Oh, dude. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. My birthday was yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, happy I turned birthday. 34 yesterday. Birthday time machine. Yeah, right. Cool. We're almost exactly, well, I guess off by like six months. Oh, like nine years and six months apart. You're on the third, six, yeah. three. <laughs> good birthday. Third's a good birthday. But, yeah. All right. So, now on to the film. Monty, Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> the search for the finding of the grail that is holy. Oh, yeah, James, you missed it, but um, I called you our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge. So you Oh, I, live up to I that appreciate now. that earlier. I was going to say, this movie might not... <laughs> thank you. This movie might not do me justice to, like, uh, to give all my knowledge towards. I only watched this movie for the first time uh maybe six months ago whoa that that'll be interesting to like hear your take on it so like like i was i was debating do i rewatch this for the cast because i'm like "Ah, i watched this only a short time ago but i'm like but also in the same sense i'm you guys can probably quote it very well (laughs) because of you probably had watched this growing up and i did not so as much as i can you know quote like the wizard um, but like you guys could probably quote this like pretty well. So I thought I should probably watch it and then at least get some of my favorite scenes. Cause the scenes I remember very well, like the situations, 
but as far as be able to quote him or like a really go back to it, I needed to watch it again. So I did watch it again last night. So it is fresh for me. Okay. Well, let's do something different. Instead of like talking about the films and the Oscars and the budget, let's do that towards the end. Let's just get right into our thoughts on the movie and just how since the movie is going on, what it's like 35 years old. Yeah. Is, an, so, is this, what's the oldest uh, one that the pod here has done? Well, Jamie and I did. um, What's that? Well, sorry, I was going to say it was probably Space Odyssey, or did that come out seventy six? No, I think Space Odyssey was like sixty eight or something. That's what I thought it was earlier. Yeah, because it was before the moon landing. Then, yeah, yeah. Jamie and I, we did um, the Mummy, like just the both of us. Yeah, that'll probably hold the title for for some time. (laughs) Sometime. Yeah. Else we do like uh, until we're like the jazz singer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand one was sixty eight. Good call. Well, I I can start with since this is the one I picked. I can just kind of go through my quick thoughts because I actually want to hear what you guys think because because you're right. This is a movie that I essentially grew up with. when I was super young, which might not be super appropriate, my mom um, was a big fan of Monty Python because uh, her dad had gotten her into it. So I watched a lot of Monty Python's Flying Circus when I was probably way too young to watch it. And I think it was my like 13th birthday. I asked for the box set on DVD or something like that. So I, a huge Monty Python fan. This is the I, man. I remember getting this movie on like the special edition DVD when I was a teenager, I think I, gosh, I think I bought it at a hot topic at like the St. Cloud mall. Cause I lived up in Alabama. <laughs> Cause I lived up North. And so we were like in St. Cloud at the mall. And I was Does like, I gotta get this, this very movie. specific visual for that, by the way, the hot topic at the St. Cloud mall. Yes. Like, I, feel like I, could, oh, yeah. I could feel like I can smell. I was there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Might've been there the same day, my friend, but I got like the special edition DVD. I still have it to this day. Um, the one with like, they do the Camelot scene in Lego. There's like a uh, special edition in there too. Um, but yeah, grew up with this movie. Love this film. Um, I have most of it memorized. It was, it was, I haven't actually watched this in quite some time. So it was really fun to, to kind of watch it. And I could just like recite the lines in my head right before they even happened. That's how familiar I was with it. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, 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 as someone who is pretty obsessed with it growing up, I'm, I'm super interested to hear uh, other people's takes. To me, this movie, um, it's just it's essentially exactly Monty Python. It's a it's a series of sketches that vaguely follow a storyline. At none of the almost none of the sketches are inconse- are consequential at all to like advancing said storyline, which just makes it so much more ridiculous and, and silly. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. And I love every minute of it. Yeah, that's, that's funny that you say that, um, this movie, I haven't outside of maybe randomly seeing it on TV, like, oh, Monty Python, Holy Grail, you know, maybe would watch like five minutes of it. Then I would, you know, check out. But, um, this is the first time I actually watched this movie from beginning to end, probably since I was in high school. Um, so this probably would have been around the same era. Like I was really into Python, but not maybe not as much as you were, Casey, because I don't really re- recall a lot of it. But, you know, I was still watching like a lot of like the original, like whose line is it anyway? Um, how was the other one? Like a lot of Benny Hill, <laughs> you know, so kind of like a lot of like British comedy. And so this kind of, you know, this and this 
movie was always on Comedy Central, I feel like. But yeah, it's the the <laughs> it's the the animation kind of interludes too in between the movie. It's just I don't I forgot like how funny this movie is. I mean, I was just like laughing out loud while um, watching it in my room and just kind of like bringing back these memories of, um, you know, just kind of this this time in my life. So it was just really fun to go back to. I'm really glad that we watch it. But it made me realize though I've never seen like um, like Monty Python was a Life of Brian. Life so of Brian. Like, that so one like, is very funny too. So now I'm like, I gotta like watch Life of Brian now. <laughs> well, hey, that, well let's do, we'll do it for the pod. We'll, let's do a few movies between it, but we'll come back. We'll circle back. Yeah, I would love to do that. I almost actually <laughs> did that instead of Holy Grail, to be honest, because oh, wow. that one I've seen much less. Uh, I've only seen that maybe once or twice in my life. So that would I was I'm interested to go back to watch that one too. Yeah, but this is fun. It's a really nerdy movie. I feel like I feel like there's like there it's probably more socially acceptable today because like nerd culture is so like hip and cool. But um, I kind of feel like back in the day, this was, was kind of one of those like nerd staples, you know, oh, yeah. it was like, it was like Holy grail. You know, you probably played some D and D or some yep. kind of role playing yep. game on the side or yep. like me where I was collecting like little pewter, like figurines and painting them, <laughs> you know, kind of for like, from like, like D&D Warhammer and, like, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Shit, so, oh yeah. You're describing me as well. Don't worry. <laughs> but I was also really surprised, too. I feel like this movie is has aged very well. Like it was. um, It's not like one of those comedies where, you know, maybe like some of the the, the themes in the film are not like irrele- like irrelevant for like when you watch it. So going back and watch this like, oh, this is this all fits. This is like really good comedy. It's all kind of trapped within like this, <laughs> this world that they created, which simultaneously is like, oh, there's like the modern day world in it, too, with these weird kind of like documentary like, yeah. cuts that are just like, which I I don't remember that at all. And I don't remember like the ending of the movie. And I don't remember there ever being like the the all the credits at the end and all the kind of like the shenanigans like in the credits at the very beginning of the movie oh yeah again because i always watch this right on off comedy. the jump yeah yep. so i was like oh because i always watch this on comedy central so it was like did they just like cut right in i always remember just like the opening scene with like the you know king arthur riding up to the castle and or, or they probably did cut up, the but, credits yeah yeah I do wonder, though, if there was a legitimate, like, seizure warning reason for cutting the credits on regular TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. I, I had to move my phone. I was I was just being bombarded by, like, the yellow, red, green flashing lights. It was like, oh, my God, I'm getting older. Like, this is way too much. But. Yeah, so do we... James, why don't I want you to? I kind of, I'm really anxious to hear like what your because you said you just watched this for the first time about six months ago. So this movie is right, pretty fresh too. So I, I would like to kind of see if my theory that this movie has aged well and it's good comedy and like to kind of hear your experience with it. And, and I'll yeah. I'll give you more things to be anxious about, and I'll reveal it after he's done. This my wife had never seen this and watched it with me, so I can give her review wow. as well. Oh, fun. This is exciting. Ooh, that is fun. Um, no, so I think for me, I uh, I think, yeah, I, I would always catch it on TV, like never from the beginning, it felt like. So there was definitely scenes like where 
like uh the knight like i'll bite your leg off like i'm not done like that whole uh fighting the knight thing like which is really funny and it's like certain scenes like that i feel like i caught on tv every so often so yeah like six months ago was the first time i, I sat down and watched it. i saw it was on netflix and i thought that was gonna be the start of my monty python like uh like quest uh, to like go do life as brian next and like flying circus and all that stuff because it's still all on netflix right now so it's definitely very doable to do for another ca- uh podcast uh, I do think it, I, I think it does hold up. I think it is quite funny, uh, throughout the whole movie. Um, and the whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking like, okay, so this is 75 and I'm listening to like the, the music and different things that are happening in it. And I'm like, man, this has to be the lowest budget, like a really low budget movie. Like nobody probably wanted to give these guys a lot of money for it. Um, so we'll probably get into the details of that later. And, but then I'm also thinking, so as I'm watching, I'm going, man, but it's like, whoever composed the score is like really amazing. And as I'm going through IMDb, I'm like, Oh, that's because none of this is original music. This is yeah. all like stuff that they found. I'm like, this makes so much more sense. And I'm like, I'm like, man, this is like really, really deep for a movie like this. <laughs> and so I don't know. Um, something that came to mind with me is thinking like, okay, did these guys, these guys had to have paved the way for, like animal house to be successful, like anything like national lampoons, like just like the, these out there comedies. Cause I really, I'm, I'm having a tough time trying to think of anything between like Monty Python and earlier that would be like a straight, like crazy comedy that would be able to get away with having those cut scenes of like, Hey, like they cut the, or like a night ran by and murdered the set director or whatever that guy was yeah. or the historian, <laughs> sorry. And then all of a sudden the Bobbies are there trying to figure out what the case, like there's certain, there's just stuff like that. That's so out there. And then even adding the animation in there, which I agree was really, really, um, I thought was very clever for the time. Um, them being able to do that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was funny. I just kept on, whenever I watch movies like this, I just kept on trying to think back like, God, this was made in 75. Like there had to be a lot of people that were on board with this, or they were all just friends. Like even I'm looking at the extras thinking, how did they get all these people to dress up in these, this gar- garb and just hang out in Scotland for like a few weeks. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe it was just like they had all their caravans all around it, and that's just where they camped for like weeks on end, just filming this and called people as needed. Uh, but I don't know. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, I would. I'm glad I watched it again, even though I only I watched it only six months ago. But it definitely makes me want to watch like Life Is Brian and see what else they have to offer in that Monty Python kind of uh, humor and writing. Too bad the Super Trooper guys didn't pick up on all this. <laughs> <laughs> the bro, what were they? Broken Lizard. Broken yeah, Lizard. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's just me. Nothing too insightful on that. I just enjoyed it. Um, Case, I'm excited to see what your wife or hear what your wife had to say. Uh, yeah, she didn't like it at all. She fell asleep. <laughs> Not for her. <laughs> Not for her. <laughs> and I'm sitting here giggling like a little school kid on the couch at all the jokes, and and, and it didn't start even start off great because like I turned the movie on and she was like looking at something on her phone, and I was like, "Hun, like there's you're missing things already because it was like the subtitle jokes." Yeah, and I think that just like started it off bad. She was like, "The fuck you mean I'm missing something?" Like she was not. She was slightly offended that I was like calling her out and not watching the movie and so i think uh yeah it's, it's just i don't think she was into the the silliness and you know it, you get thrown right into um king arthur and, and the clapping coconuts and she's just like looking in bewilderment like what is, what am i watching um and i don't think she really understood she didn't know monty python and who they were and that they were like a sketch group so i don't think she was prepared for kind of the fact that it is just sort of a series of sketches um 
because because really like what is the the bring out your dead scene like what is the purpose of that scene other than to show king arthur ride through it that's yeah. it doesn't advance the story but it's hilarious yeah. um and like the the fighting the the scene where he's arguing with the peasants and and they're having like an intellectual argument then he just rides away that's it there's nothing nothing <laughs> consequential happens in any of these things um but they're just really funny like snippets of of, of awesomeness the peasants though i mean that's that's from one of my old school like um uh local minneapolis punk bands is they had that as like a sample before one of their tracks on their seven oh really was like, that's yeah, awesome come and see the, come and see the vines inherited in the system <laughs> oh speaking of uh minneapolis then uh, terry gilliam um is from minneapolis that's right that's right I forgot terry gilliam's that. from minneapolis and yeah. you mentioned the artwork earlier i'm pretty sure he was the animator as well he did all of the different animation bits um that was all terry gilliam because i think he does stuff like that in some of his films as well some of that like cut out style um yeah like really unique I, animation style yeah is what he is the, the only trilogy? american python i believe so yes okay i think he moved there when he was really young so he's mostly british but um yeah by born in minneapolis did um just a quick side note have you ever seen his like trilogy of imagination movies like uh brazil um time, brazil is Yellowbeard on there time bandits time bandits yeah that's one Maybe of them what's the other one I think the Yellowbeard. Baron Munchausen or whatever. Yes, Baron Munchausen. Oh, no, I, I actually I haven't, haven't seen it. No. Okay. Cool. I haven't either. But those I've kind of. Brazil has been like long on my list. And time was uh, Gilliam, did he do the uh, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus? Was that him too? He did. He did. He did. Do okay. That yeah. One. I saw that one. And, I was going to say the most uh, familiar monkeys, one for me right? is uh, 12 Monkeys. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. Oh, and he did some stuff with Harry Potter, apparently. Oh, he was uh, apparently J.K.'s uh, first choice to direct it, and the studio decided not to. Oh, that would have been an interesting movie. Terry Gilliam Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> wow. See, I, I've said this before. I love the idea of having, um, like, two directors do it uh, like, at once. So, like, okay, let's get Christopher Columbus's like kid version of this and let's get terry gillian's version and put them out at the same time and see which one wins yeah yes. oh that's funny so but studios yeah. have kind of done that it well not it's not inadvertent they do it on purpose because like didn't both the prestige and then that other magician movie come out at like the same time the illusionist well, they, the, the illusionist, illusionist yeah. and prestige came they, out at the same time there was a do, movie with rival studios for sure yeah there was a movie like, with, what is it armageddon and deep impact came yeah out at the same time. Yeah, um, Dante's what was Peak, that? Volcano or it's whatever. Ch- Chad, don't say uh huh. You've never seen Armageddon. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Dante's, Dante's Peak and Volcano. So much yeah, Dante's Peak and Volcano. And then you mix them up sometimes because you've seen them both and you Dante's like, oh, this scene's in one but not in the other. <laughs> Movies. But man. wait, we haven't heard from Jamie yet. Jamie. Oh, I love batting cleanup. You guys know I do. It's um, Chad. It's it's. Well, funny. James you... always says you go last because you steal all of our ideas. <laughs> I'm about to steal yours. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> no, I had two of the exact same thoughts. I'll give you two thoughts we shared and one that I had. So I thought the same thing. I was like, man, for a comedy that's as old as this is, it really holds up. And like you said, there's, you know, I don't know, a lot of 2000s comedies have like 
offensive jokes rewatching now and you're like, wow, that wouldn't fly in 2020. And I, I'm hard pressed to come up with one in Holy Grail, which means they're just oh. joking about different things. Um, and Jamie, you got really mad when I called your wife an electric donkey bottom biter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think you farted in my general direction. <laughs> your mother was, I don't know. Mother was a hamster. Yeah. Your father smelled of elderberries. There it is. Um, and then the other one was just how many different types of comedy they have going on here. I mean, they have, there's the drawings like you guys talked about. There's um, physical comedy. There's uh, like the misdirection. Songs. Songs. Just, they have so many different like weapons Brady, in their arsenal. Brady, Sir Robin, Sir Robin ran away. He bravely <laughs> ran away, away. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's what I hear in my head whenever someone says Monty Python. By the way, that's the first thing I think of. But the other thing too that I thought of was, um, so I guess like a good comparison would be Mel Brooks and his movies, and um, just oh, kind of like yeah, the parody right. style. Yeah. And I think I kind of prefer Monty Python. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's uh, Maybe some of Mel Brooks' stuff is kind of too on the nose for me. Um, I I've never been a big Spaceballs guy, but I love oh, Blazing I... Saddles. So I don't know. He's kind of hit or miss for me. Where do you guys fall? <laughs> There's some stuff in like Blazing Saddles is kind of hard to like. I I yeah. Anyway. It kind it kind of holds up though. Like it yeah. it's the same. It it actually makes sense because it's like the same stuff that were like it's it just shows that nothing's changed yeah i mean, yeah. I mean I'm, I, I'm a mel brooks have, fan i like I, mel brooks yeah i have blazing, blazing saddles on blu-ray but um yeah I love jamie that that's a jamie that's a good call though because blazing saddles and young frankenstein were both 1974 so right before this movie came out so i mean they did have people like when i said earlier that i can't think of really any comedies like back then i totally need to even think about that kind of stuff um, but again, I bet those Mel Brooks ones, well, besides Blazing Saddles, maybe some of that might not hold up as well. But right. I'm sure like, the Young Frankenstein stuff, like, I don't know. I, I bet that some of it holds up because it's not, I don't know. There's, I mean, we still had censorship. Like some of the things we couldn't say, we were not desensitized towards it yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's we, true. We were building towards it. Um, I did, as far as liking Mel Brooks, um, I did buy Mel Brooks's like collection uh, probably a couple years ago and I still have yet to go through all of it. I think I was most excited to watch Robin Hood men in tights and Dracula dead and loving it again. Uh, like I feel like, and those are probably two of the worst ones of his, <laughs> but I just remember like, those are the ones that like when I, my brother and I would go visit my grandparents, like I had you know, like in the summer, like those were two specific movies that were out that we'd either always rent or we would go see like six times. Cause that's what was at the theater. Men in tights makes me laugh. That one's, that one's funny. I love that film. He's like oh, Dave Chappelle before anybody knew Dave Chappelle. I know. Oh, man. Super young. <laughs> Dude, it set the tone oh, for yeah. him to be in Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> um, the you, We were talking about different, like, or we hadn't yet, but uh, besides just, just de generally talking about the parts that we did like. But for me, the funniest part was the 
um, the French soldiers in the castle, just all the like little things like the banter back and forth. Like that's probably the part that I giggled at the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like, again, I, besides a couple things that we already said, I don't have any direct quotes going on for them, but that's where I was just kind of laughing at like what they were saying. And like the English were like, we can barely understand the French kind of thing. And I'm like, wonder how this played over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I love silly, ridiculous humor. So my some of my favorite bits are when they're having long, drawn out discussions uh, with one person at the base of a castle, the other person up on top. <laughs> like the first, the opening conversation. Just I love how, and that's I mean the whole punchline is that it gets ridiculous and they're just talking about birds. Um, but it's just it's they go on and on and they're just hollering from a distance. In fact, I think King Arthur yells probably eighty percent of his lines. <laughs> like when he's in the black knight scene and he's sitting there talking to the black knight he's just yelling in his face no wonder the dude's pissed and unanswering him <laughs> that yeah before going back to this like my long like kind of remembered scene was always the black knight scene that's always something that we would always kind of quote and but um i didn't remember like the wedding scene where uh oh, it's so good butchers everybody but it starts <laughs> with the the long drawn out run-up which i think is so brilliant the like repeating of the same thing and yeah. then cutting to him just yeah. ah it's so good it's so ridiculous they always have like and it caught me off guard because in that running scene usually in comedies like in, with that type of scene it, it's like the rule of three like they would show this uh, ridiculous yep, like yep. how far away it was like three times and then they would show him running into him and like they did it like four i think they did it four times or five times where i was like wait he's gonna get there right yeah, i think it's five <laughs> it's yeah, five like, i counted <laughs> i was like i'm like oh man they went it's like man they're really drawing this one out like and building up for it <laughs> so but they didn't they didn't disappoint because as soon as he runs in and starts just hacking away at everybody in there, it's pretty darn funny. Uh, the best part is when after the, like he's coming down with the owner of the castle and then he just starts to attack him again once they start yelling. It's like he's walking back down and they start. Yeah, it's just so good. He goes right back into it even after like getting away with it. <laughs> Chad, I. I saw you had a few on your list, but the one I didn't see on there was uh, Castle Anthrax. That's the one I f- always forget about and is one of my favorites. I just he's going through the castle with, uh, oh, we're young 16 to 18 year old blondes and brunettes. And you are Sir Galahad the Chaste. And it kills me every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just listing just I was just listing scenes off the top of my head there kind of quick i thought there would probably be some discussion points there but um yeah i just i don't know i was like i get like the the whole like knights of knee that quest <laughs> the quest for the quest for shrubbery just to get his shrubs it's, yeah. it's so silly <laughs> um roger roger the shrubber well and then they start yelling knee at some old woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> the you it's just too good Excuse like me, that... are you yelling knee at that poor woman? <laughs> Nothing is <laughs> sacred. Like, Even those who arrange and design shrubberies are under considerable economic stress at this period of history. It's just so silly. <laughs> They're like, shrubbery, but not too nice. Make it expensive, but not too nice or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Like, that's the thing is, I think if you were to build it up, like, case if you sold your wife that it was, like, 
you just imagine this more as like scenes of of skits. Maybe she could get more on board, or I don't know. Maybe she was out, like you said, from the credits on. I was actually on my phone during the cr- credits when they came on, and then I looked up and I saw like I started reading some of the ridiculous things. I'm like, oh god, I forgot this was in here, and I'm like, now I got to rewind it and I can stay off my phone. <laughs> Next time, put the phone down. I know I usually try to with this, but sometimes like I try to go through IMDb and like do a little bit of research in the middle of ah, okay. watching. So, but usually your, that's your research is I've appreciated, seen. my friend. Oh, not a problem. <laughs> Speaking of research, not a lot going on with Oscars in this movie. I'm sorry to tell you guys. Uh, they did get a European Lifetime Achievement Award, but I'm sure it wasn't in 75. <laughs> I'm sure it was like in 2000. Speaking of Oscars, James. Yeah. Uh, so, who are that big year it was, uh, so the big winners that year were like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, they were Bonus. up there for a lot oh, of that's different really things. Good. What about um, Dog Day Afternoon? Was that up for anything? It was up for stuff. I know Pacino was nominated for actor that year. Um, oh, I'm pulling up my stuff right here. But I think Nicholson won it all. Yeah, so Nicholson won it for Best Actor on that. Um, the other couple things was like Jaws was what won Best Score that year. Oh, nice. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, best picture was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I mean, but as far as like, hold on, let me, I'm trying to find the directors because, I mean, it was one hell of a year for directors, I think, because I think Spielberg was in there. I think Kubrick was in there. Yeah, he did um, uh, Barry London that year. I still haven't watched yep, that Barry yet. London. Uh, but yeah, this as is far kind as... of a crazy year, like even not even for like big movies, but just kind of like some historically significant films, you know, like there's a lot of like black exploitation films here. You got like Dolomite. Um, you have no, that Cleopatra was just Jones. And what's that? I said Dolomite. It's a new movie with Eddie Murphy this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold. Um, Terra of Mecha Godzilla. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I was one watching those the other day. Ah, uh, one more. Then I'll be done. Death Race 2000 with David Carradine. David Carradine. <laughs> oh, you like Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. No. Uh, oh, I can't. <laughs> Have you watched Chapter 13 yet of Mandalorian? I know you haven't, uh, James. The last James. one I watched was... was the one. If you're talking to me, Chad, the last one I watched was the one with you. Or okay. I, I sent you when I was watching it. By the one with me, the one that I I, I have a cameo in. You're in. Chad, are you I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm like, what? James and I were uh, doing a group. Uh, uh, what do you the call it? Group viewing party or whatever yeah. on Disney Plus. Oh, sweet! How was yeah, that? Pretty cool. Um. So my thing is that Chad, if you haven't figured out, Tuesday is my normal day off from work, so that's when I try to get yeah. caught up on Mandalorian. <laughs> and so on, like it, we. Chad, I told Chad I was watching it one time and he's like, oh, he's like, add me to the group or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I've never done And he'd never done it before either. So it actually worked pretty slick. So um, are you so watching at the same time then? Like it's the tape, right. you're watching it and at the it's exact like same time. stream, yeah. It, yeah, it's like at the exact same time. Like we're even, it didn't do it. I, I don't think it did it on t- this Tuesday, but the first time we did it, it even like uh, stopped for like, it stopped maybe twice for five seconds to sync back up oh, with each sweet. other. 
Um, and, but it wasn't too out of the way. And then the most you can do with it is on your phone with the app. You can, I can throw an emoji on my, on our TV screen during the thing, <laughs> like the laughy face or the heart face or just whatever. Oh, but it did you annoy you. him the whole time with those? That would be so I, funny. Yeah. Just ruin whatever they're watching. <laughs> the thing was, is like, really I didn't want to scene. Smiley face. I didn't, I didn't want to ruin my viewing experience. So I only did it like oh, twice sure. just to do it. <laughs> and then I didn't do it at all last time. I um, guess. Yeah. It ruins yours as well. So all's fair. <laughs> right. So, no, so even just to say, like, I didn't, like, t- Chad and I didn't talk previously. I just uh, sent him the viewing link, and then I pressed play myself, and then probably, like, ten minutes into the first episode I was watching, Chad joined, and so. Oh, so we can even join late? That's clever. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so. It's awesome. It is kind of fun. That's really smart, though, because everyone has, no one's watching the same shows anymore. You know what I mean? Because everyone has Hulu, or Netflix, or YouTube TV, or whatever, and yeah, half the time it's like, hey, did you see X show? Like, no, I, I don't have that thing or I'm watching something else. But yeah, to have a way to get people to watch the same thing at the same time, that's really clever. Yeah, you both well, have to have that thing, though. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But like, but everybody's got Netflix. So I feel like I don't know. I just feel like with the social distancing <laughs> and everybody trying to stay at home and be, you know, apart together or whatever it is, I think that that viewing party, I was actually kind of more clever than I thought it was going to be. Cause even, yeah. even like, even Chad and I just like, just chatting through text during the, uh, during the episode, like where we were like, like one of the cool scenes happened and we're like, Holy crap. Like that was awesome. Like just even just be having that camaraderie together. Like how cool was that? Um, so that was fun. I know just last Friday, I think I watched, uh, what was it? Oh, I just wanted to watch a Christmas movie. I hadn't seen. So on Netflix, I had bad moms Christmas. And so I text. <laughs> In my uh, work chat with a couple of guys from work, I texted uh, a quote from that, like that I thought was kind of funny in the beginning. And uh, one of the girls was like, oh, you're watching Bad Mom's Christmas. And then when she said that, and everybody knew that it was on Netflix. Then I think we were all like 10 minutes behind each other and they watched oh, it funny. that night too. And so like people were like, so they were texting different quotes throughout the like rest of the night of things that were happening, um, which again was, it was kind of funny to talk about, but um, it would have been better if it was all in the synced real time well and chad aren't you already ahead of him in mandalorian so you were re-watching it with him yeah see yeah. that i think that's the the like ideal scenario that's perfect because you've seen it so he can like throw a watch link out and you can just jump in and as a rewatch. i, I think that's what makes it the most like clever because what's to stop james you know what's to stop james from always throwing a link out anytime he's watching any series for people you know that just to get people engaged to come watch things with yeah. you it's i think it's great no oh, yeah it's brilliant i mean especially in this time now so yeah so, so not to spin it back to monty python <clears throat> yeah i was was scrolling around the wikipedia and i was i completely had forgotten um but has anyone i doubt it none of you have probably seen or listened to the musical spam a lot yes which was adapted from this yes you have oh good that's one of I've seen like probably one hand of Broadway shows in person, and that's one of them. Oh wow! So when I was in high school and this was coming out, uh, and I you know I was a super nerd and was on the internet and people on forums, it was so popular when it came out um, that people were saying, "Oh, good luck getting tickets for like two years." And I I was lived in Minnesota. I've never been to New York. I don't know anything about Broadway. But the little part of me was like, oh, f that challenge on. And I happened to find tickets. Uh, I think they were for a showing on December twenty third, so two days before Christmas. 
And I was, gosh, I was probably still 16, 17 at this point. And so I go to my mom who remember, you know, showed me Python when I was younger. I was like, mom, here's the deal. I have a job. If I buy these tickets, will you buy us plane tickets and we'll go to New York and watch this show? And she was down. So I went to New York Whoa. and got to see Spam a lot. That's this so is cool. the first and only time I've been to New York City. It was like a few years after 9-11 and all that. Went and saw Spam a lot over Christmas. That's and awesome. uh, it was wow. so warm for some reason that I wore a hoodie on December 23rd when we were walking on the, the, the city. It was so nice. It was crazy. That's amazing. But Spam a lot. Super funny. I thought I, I enjoyed it. I haven't listened to it actually in a long time. So I should go back and give it a listen again now that we, we just watched this. So is that just yeah. like a musical adaptation of the... Yes. It's, uh, I mean, a little or... bit different, but it's like a Monty Python, Holy Grail musical. Yeah. Sweet. That yeah. Ri- yeah so, sorry, only... just another anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. Rivaled only by Book of Mormon as far as like funniest play I've ever seen. And I think that's maybe why I forget about it because Book of Mormon was just so good. So, so if you want to listen to like a funny musical, that's what I would think to go listen to. Agreed. Hmm. That's one I missed. Oh, my, my wife got me that tickets for us to see that when it was in town for my birthday a few years back and I had never seen it or listened to it at all. And so I got to see it. It was, Oh man, that was a really good show. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Megan did the same thing for me a couple years back. It was probably, we were probably the same time. Yeah. So, but no, I never heard anything about it. It was definitely one of those things that like uh, Chris would over talk about where I'm like, God, I got to wait until it's like dumbed down uh, like Hamilton. Don't want to watch it because Chris has built it up too much. Just kidding. I watched it as soon as it was on Disney Plus. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, no, I'm a sucker for musicals and stuff. So if something is said to be good in town. I'll go see it for sure. But I don't think there's any way to watch Spamalot. I don't think they have a, f- a film of it anywhere. Yeah, it was it's like that there's the period right before streaming and the Internet really took a hold where like there's this like chunk of media in this decade that's kind of frozen in ice almost. You know, it's like not old enough in the 80s Mm -hmm, where it's retro mm -hmm. cool or 90s. It's that aughts period that Mm. we got to chip it out of the ice. Yeah, and it must not have been a big enough phenomenon like Hamilton. Well, and I guess Hamilton is still modern enough or maybe the Internet helped influence it, but wasn't a, a big enough phenomenon where they did like a, uh, I don't know. I guess I don't, they probably toured, but they clearly didn't do a, a filming of it or anything like that. Right. All right. Let's throw the ship back to the Holy Grail. Um, I wanted to get into uh, box office. This movie, uh, I know somebody was saying that uh, looked like this movie had a very low budget, and in the low budget, it did have indeed. Uh, comes to about four hundred thousand U.S. dollars. I think it was around two hundred thousand British pounds. Um, there was like ten investors for the film, and they were having a hard time getting funds for this film. But three of the investors were rock bands. You may have heard of them: uh, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and Genesis. Um, I also did hear a story too, as an interview with um, John Cleese, who was saying that when they were writing the script for Life of Brian. Um, they were having trouble getting funding for that project as well. And I think it was, um, is it Palin? Palin? Um, Michael Palin? Sir- yeah, Michael. Sarah Palin? Yeah, Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> Who could see, she could see Russia from her backyard. I could see Russia from my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Michael Palin was, I guess he was buddies with, uh, George Harrison. 
Oh, and he nice. shared the script with George Harrison. Then George Harrison gave him like two million to do the project. That's awesome. And he's like, "Why you want to fund this movie?" He's like, "Well, I want to see it. I want to see. I want to see it in a film, or whatever." It was kind of a cool anecdote about uh, that's how awesome. They got, how they got money from George Harrison to fund Life of Brian. But must must have been before Michael Jackson bought all their songs, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <half>, yeah. <laughs> God, how does that even happen? <laughs> well, I don't know. Then, yeah. Then who? Then somebody bought Michael Jackson, right? Was that Apple? But oh, probably. Yeah, somebody. I believe so. That's not, that does sound right. To buy the catalog. Yeah. Uh, raked in $5 million. Um, I'm sure it's still trickling in some DVD sales along the way or streaming sales. Or Kids are probably stealing it now. I don't know. I guess, I hope in some way that this movie is still relevant. I think it's got a... I, I've, I'm kind of out of touch with that, but I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if that's still kind of circling around in like nerd culture. What maybe makes it, yeah, which maybe makes me think that it is because I, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes as a critic score of 97 and an audience score of 95%, which is. Yeah, I haven't pretty, seen scores that high. That's great. Yeah, it's. And again, I'm like, whatever with Rotten Tomatoes. But for me, I like seeing whatever the difference is between like critic and audience score. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's rare that you see it that high and see it where like the the divide is that narrow. Uh, it's a 8.2 average on IMDb and it has a 91 on Metacritic. So I would say it's a pretty critically receptive. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anally, anally receptive. <laughs> No, it's it's received very well. So maybe maybe this is, um, yeah. And I was actually a little worried because my wife did have such a negative reaction to it that I was just thinking, oh man, does does this not hold up? Am I just nostalgic? So to hear that uh, that you know, what I think James, you said you'd just seen it recently um, for the first time that it holds up. So that that made me feel a little good about it. And it, it is like critically acclaimed 97% uh, to 95% rotten tomato. I mean, the numbers are, are up there. So just not my wife's cup of tea, unfortunately, but I, I just, yeah, it's so quirky and silly. And, and it, it is really, uh, it is timeless. Even the modern scenes. Yeah. The cars look kind of oldish, but honestly, I couldn't, you couldn't tell me that wasn't filmed in the nineties or something too, with some older cars. Right. So this could have been, I don't know. It just holds up so well. Well, and I think too, to, Chad, when you were talking about the youth, mm-hmm. does it resonate? Yeah. I think it will now that Netflix added it because I think that happens with I, – I see so many movies that I own and then Netflix will add it and I'll think like, oh, sweet. you know, I, I, I want to watch that and I want to watch it because I have it. I just won't put in the DVD. I'll just stream it instead. But I think that's where the youth will probably see it. I agree. I think more recently, I don't have a really good examples, but to what you were saying, Jamie, um, something will show up on Netflix. And then um, because the youths are watching it, uh, it, it ends up being like, Hey, it's trending. It's number eight in the, it's number eight in the country this weekend. And it'll be an older movie. And I'm like, Whoa, that's kind of fun. I found oh, yeah. another fun fact here about uh, castle anthrax. Um, <laughs> because so. of course you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it all the castles that, are the same castle. Yes. No, it, it says the um, costume designer, I guess, advised against nudity, dressing the girls in shifts, which it's a completely different movie. If all of the women are nude in Castle Anthrax. 
Like, I just, I don't think you get that early access point, you know, for high schoolers or whatever. So. Right. As <laughs> I, I think they made the right call. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like. Uh, um, Porky's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or like Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that before, but I saw it on Netflix, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's like the first like three minutes. It's just like tits. Oh, geez. But it's actually pretty fun. It's that's like a like a series of like kind of skits, too. And it's a the Zucker Brothers. They did like Airplane and Naked Gun and all those kind of slapsticky, silly comedies of pretty much like the, of your early 80s late 70s early 80s so it does start out though it's like uh it's like this news anchor he's like the popcorn you're eating has been pissed in more news at 11 and it just goes off like random like <laughs> it's like the robocop newsreels just kidding yeah <laughs> i'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> um i did, was actually kind of curious i just was looking at trivia as well um but when i was watching it i started thinking I wonder if the coconuts are purely there because they couldn't afford horses on the set. And that's exactly why. Right. It just says the fam- famously depicted galloping horses was used by coconut shells. Uh, came from a pure practical reason that the production simply just couldn't afford horses. Which, like, what I love, I love them probably talking this out as they're writing it. They're like, where are we going to get the horses? Oh, it's, we don't need horses. We'll just use uh, coconut shells. Not a problem. And I'm like, okay, write it in. And then they move on to the next topic. Right. Like, I don't know. What's well, like specifically written into like the opening scene too? Like it's a part of that. It's right, isn't it? It's mess. Yeah, it's mentioned like that opening scene too. So, well, I mean, if they they were all like prancer sizing throughout the whole movie with no explanation, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prancer sizing. <laughs> Was that a craze during the early nineties? I just remember it was on like Taj Point oh, as like an like. Uh, he did one of those like video redemptions and he brought this lady who made a prancer size video trying to make it like the new like workout <laughs> or something. And it was just so ridiculous. And all she did was just like gallop around a room. <laughs> oh God. I despise that man though. All right. He's the Dane cook of two thousands. Oh, Dane cook. I guess Dane cook was the Dane cook of two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I preached it. I, I, you know, uh, I can give another anecdote. Um, I'm pretty sure. uh, So Dune Castle in Scotland, which is what I think the one you're talking about that they filmed multiple scenes in. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure my wife and I got to visit that when we were in Scotland. If not, we drove right by it. Badass. Yeah, I would love to go to Scotland. Oh my goodness, Scotland, Ireland, not to not to soapbox or anything, but Scotland and Ireland are two of the most gorgeous places I've ever been. Um, if you can find the means to do so, rent a car and just drive around the country. It's it's so it's amazing. Yeah. Do you think if I pay for the gas, your mom would drive and fly me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was about to be offended, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that makes sense." <laughs> I was like, good throwback, good throwback. Not just a random your mom joke. What (laughs) is your name? (laughs) What is your quest? (laughs) To go to Scotland. Too good at that. Yeah, that's really good. What is the capital of Syria? (laughs) 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 
What is your favorite color? Uh, blue. No, yellow. <laughs> I also like the. What, what a <laughs> funny way to just die in the movie. <laughs> like you just don't know your own favorite color. <laughs> I also did like the uh, the Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> oh, there are some who call me Tim. It's too good. <laughs> the cave of I don't know the fucking the cave of Carbonog or whatever and the fucking rabbit. Oh god, so good. Well, th- thanks, Casey, for uh, picking this movie. This was a lot of fun to go back and and watch. So even though your significant other despised it, but yeah, I had fun you know, watching it. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. And what do we do next? We're doing Roger Rabbit next. Nice. Before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. Remember, new episodes drop on Fridays. Please send us your comments, questions, and feedback to moviemachinepod at gmail.com. And you can also you can also follow us on Twitter at moviemachinepod. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.